0: Welcome to the Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL same-game multi-tracker. Conditions apply.
1: You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Wachnan, Lima. What a legend. <laughs> Is Triple M's dead set legends?
2: Morning, team. Morning, Kath. Joey Jay
3: Z with us today. Lemo's, I think, is it Dale's, but having a nice little spell?
4: The, the glamping? I
3: don't know. Probably. Well, lucky
4: to him. Morning to you, Kath. Yeah. Morning, Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Is everyone getting sick at the moment? Everyone. Feels like everyone is sick. Yes. Yeah, my household's been horrible for about a month with my kids, <laughs> and I got a little. Chest Ian, you've been a bit yes, off as well. Yes,
2: my family's all down, but I am. I am up and about today, team. Because do you know what's just happened to me? I came in here, and I've been. I lost my headphones about three, four months ago. I haven't yeah. been able to find my head, headphone, headphones. Not even the good ones, like the the the, the ones. But because I lost Wait, my do good you pair, bring your own
3: headphones to work. No,
2: the little white,
3: like your oh, little
4: AirPods. AirPods, not the, yeah, AirPods. AirPods.
2: Not yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't
3: live without yes. my AirPods.
2: Right. Well, yeah. I lost mine about three months ago, and as we were just doing something before they connected to my phone. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm looking around. They're they're out here. They've got to be here. And then so I went out the back to see our great team out there and sure enough, they found them on a, on a desk. So That's I'm excited. Reason. I've got my headphones back, which yeah. is I'm great. I'm still
4: looking for my jumper. I lost it about 12 months ago. <laughs> a good expensive jumper. I think I left here and it never, it never uh, returned. That a just good vanished. expensive
3: jumper. What yes. brand are we talking oh, I
4: don't know, Kath. Okay, just an lots. expensive one. Yeah, it was. Do you know
3: one day I yes. put... Um, my AirPods down the rubbish chute. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, it was devastating. Yes. Devastating. And that would have been a great win. I feel your joy this morning. It would have been a great win.
2: Hey, speaking of jo- uh, joy, what about our man Joey? He played on Marvel Stadium yeah. for the amazing cause that his Spuds game and the Danny Frawley legacy. Oh. Your good mate, Justin Kaczynski, doing a fantastic job there for the Danny Frawley Centre. You ran around out there, Joey. Promote the cause, how you feel. Yeah, you to, no, I wound back the
4: clock, Jay-Z. It was like 2009 <laughs> all over again and my young fella Noah never got to see. Me play, so I said to him last night. Dad's going to be on the Marvel Stadium. Make sure you're watching the, the telecast. And got home and said, "Did you see me?" He goes, "No, I didn't see it. Did you even get a kick?" So I didn't even bob up for him. But uh, no, it was great. It was a good, uh, good, worthy cause last night. The yep. Spuds game continuing to raise money and awareness, of course, for mental health and mental health initiatives. So they did well, but unfortunately the, the boys were a bit disappointing mm. the, the team. So yeah. uh, we'll get to that certainly, yep. but um, no, well done to everyone involved in the Danny Frawley Centre. Powerful opener with the, both teams and you yep.
2: guys. Cos was there in the circle. Jason Dunstall's talking about speaking up, getting help, reaching out if you've got a few issues. And it's changed, hasn't it, Joey? 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you've had problems, particularly football players, you're tough, you know, just battle on, box on now very different Hundred percent,
4: And I think just in society as well, speaking up, um, being open about it. And if you've got friends that you're concerned about, just make the call, touch base and check in and really ask how they are going because uh, we need to continue to do more.
3: Well said, you two. Let's Mm. talk about the footy. Now it
4: gets through to
1: Hipwood. Picked that up. Beautifully big anchor. Five foot stab. Here's Rayner. That's a good kick. Top shelf. Cam Rayner. Barry towards Hipwood. Makes
0: good contact. Eric
1: Scott. four.
0: What was the ball for? Oh, he's out in the back. He's not injured now. Charlie plays on, kicks the goal. Right on the
1: siren. Brisbane with a tenth win of the season.
3: Yeah, Brisbane 28-point winners over the Saints last night at Marvel Stadium. They've straightened their top four spot, the Lions, and well just silence the critics who go on and on about their record away from home. So a great win for Chris Fagan's men last night. Joey, what impressed you
4: most? Uh, They just found a way to win in a sort of gritty style game. We know they've got a lot of talent. They can pile on a a big score. Um, I just thought it was quite a professional sort of strong effort by a team against St Kilda who you know put up a good fight. The Saints are never easy beats anymore. They make it hard defensively. But I thought all aspects of Brisbane's game were strong. I thought their defence led by Harris Andrews was enormous. Their forwards fired and their midfield looked like they're getting that perfect balance now with Dunkley and Lockie Neal. Being the two linchpins, and, and they were able to dominate clearance. So I just thought it was a really strong performance. Dunkley's flying under the radar. He could be the recruit of the year. He's been. I mean,
2: we talked a bit about Tommy Mitchell. Dunkley's been extraordinary. He won the best and fairest at the Bulldogs last year. He could do it at Brisbane this year. Back to back best and fairest at different clubs, Joey. Who's, very,
4: very few people have ever who's done, done that. that. I think Paddy Dangerfield did it last year at Geelong. First year at the Crows, but other than that, Juddy. no nah, Juddy didn't do he it. He didn't do it. Gary Ablett Junior didn't do it. Wow, um, a yep. lot of it. So it's very rare. But you're right, Dunkley is is flying. We'll get to the. Saints in a second, but what about Hipwood? So he's one of the most maligned
2: players in the competition. You mentioned Harris Andrews now, looking like all Australian fullback, if you ask me. But I mean, there's been big question marks over Danaher and Hipwood. Like, do we get do we start to give this man his juice?
4: Uh, we do when he plays well, and, and I thought he was excellent last night. The four goals when he when he's up and about as a big man and marks the footy and launches at it. Um, and works both sides of the ball, he's an important player and he's a very good player. So I think he's maligned because the gap between his best and his worst sometimes is quite significant. And I suppose there's – I mean, even though he has played a good final, it was either last year or the year before, there's still some questions about the boys standing up in big finals. And I think that's just a part of the narrative about this Brisbane Lions team Mm. winning big finals until they make it to a grand final because that's their benchmark now. There's – nothing less will be satisfactory for this Brisbane side that have been prime now for a number of years – So they'll keep winning games. And as we said, their acid test is going to come in some big finals.
3: Yeah, they're they're just one of those teams you just want to see when it comes to finals times because, you know, they're so rock solid during the home and away season. What about the Saints, Joey? A lot of Saints fans want to get your thoughts on how they're playing. I find the conversation quite interesting when people start to compare uh, the Saints this year to last year under Brett Ratton, they fall away in the second half of the season? Because it's a completely different coach. It's a new era, it's a new start. Ross has clearly got the future in mind. Why is everyone going
2: on about last year's second half? They're, they're a lot better than last year. I mean, I just think the first half of the season, Joey, they, they, they've been playing um, with a huge amount of effort. They've been playing to their absolute capacity I think over the first half of the season. For yeah. me, the takeout was more so. I thought last night was really revealing about the list. The class gap. The class gap. Like the midfield, I mean, those guys can try hard. He's got workhorses in the St Kilda midfield, but they're not Dunkley. They're not Neil. They're not Will Ashcroft. They're not Hugh McCluggage. So for me, it's like, right, St Kilda got a system and high effort, but they just don't have the talent.
4: Yeah. And the young talent that are coming through are going to be inconsistent. That's why they're still young. So Caminiti got clearly beaten by a star in Harris Andrews. Windhager was quiet. Um, A few of their other younger players didn't have as much impact as they had in previous games. That's all part of it. But their effort was a little bit disappointing last night. They were still hard to beat, which they always are. They're more consistent, Kath, than last year. That's the difference. Yeah. Even last year they had some great wins but some really poor losses. This year, yep. the gap between their best and worst hasn't been significant. There's the short term about this year. Can St Kilda hold on and play a final and that'll you know give all the Saints fans, you know, something to uh to be pleased about. But they're still the bigger picture. The yeah, bigger picture okay. is they still need more talent more youth, and continue to find what their best list is going to look like to win a premiership.
3: Yeah, that's why I just find that conversation just a bit irrelevant because yeah. you're thinking Ross Lyon's just, you know, figuring players out, staff out, and it's all about the future years, not right now, uh, right yeah.
2: here. Spot on, Kath. Let's have a listen to Ross Lyon last night. Oh, has he got a cold? Take a listen. I think he might have been suffering a little bit.
3: We're trying to build out our list, build out our form. Year of exploration, I keep finding out. I found out a lot about individuals tonight. I absorb it all, process it. But we're pretty keen to turn it around. I know we're better than that. I think he is a little bit...
4: Serious. Sounded like Barry... Was it Barry White? <laughs> <laughs> he needs a... Sorry,
3: how does Barry White go,
4: Joey? What about a bit of Rocky?
0: Yo, Adrian! Adrian!
4: Ross loves the
2: show. He'll be listening. You need a chicken foe. That's my cold remedy. Yeah. Chicken foe. A power um, raid. a couple of panadol would be back up on his feet. Lemon and ginger tea. Yes. Yeah,
4: so he'll
2: be um. Right. Oh
3: yeah, so, no. Yeah, we'll kick that one off.
4: That's right. Anyway, Saints <laughs> have got to hold on. They've got they've got to continue to win the games that they should be winning. Calf to play finals. Uh, Brisbane are just a better side, more yep. advanced. They're they're yep. further developed. They're in the premiership window, and clearly St Kilda aren't. So that show they go over to Perth next week, the Saints to play the West Coast Eagles. So. They should be getting the win there. Do the Brisbane Lions have to finish in the top two to win the premiership? No, they don't. It makes it harder for them because we know that at the Gabba, they're dynamite. But if they win their first final, um, they, could, they could be Port Adelaide in Adelaide maybe. We're going to win um, at the
2: MCG. That'll be the storyline. Yeah, because yeah. Of, what is it? Yeah. One out of the last thirteen.
4: Jay Z,
3: let's come to you for a bit of footy news, mm. please. Let's start with Clayton Oliver. When will we see him return? There's been a lot of chit
2: chat about him this week. Yeah, he's had scans. The club says they're going to uh, investigate the results of those and go through them with their specialists on Monday. There is some suggestion that he has re-injured the hamstring, which would be a three-week, um, another three-week absence or a standard twenty-one day absence. Um, again, the doctors are going to go through it. Whether it's just a light aggravation, which could keep him out for one or two weeks. I still think he's in significant doubt to play this week. I think they'll be missing him again, Joe. I
4: know we'll keep to maybe talk about some of the sort of intricacies around it, but if he had has potentially re-aggravated a hamstring, why was he joining in on the captain's run at the on GMHBA on Friday? I well, thought that was unusual because normally if you've – Tweaked it again, even to a slight extent, you would go back into rehab. You would join the yeah. rehab group and not necessarily join the main group on a captain's run the day before a well, game. I think
2: the concern is that's when he
4: felt a bit of a bore oh, did in, it on the in, in the session. Right. So okay.
2: before then, before that session, I spoke to Melbourne. It's like, well, if he gets through, then we're expecting so it him was to come in that session on the Friday. Yes. So that's when, because that straight after sense. that training, they said. Yep. Um, um, you know, he, he was straight out. So right. then, obviously, uh, there has been the, the blister issue, which has been discussed, and some of the rumours on um, social media, which have been pretty comprehensively shut down by Melbourne, they've been quite forthright about that. And I um, applaud that, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I think it's good that they get on the front foot regarding this sort of stuff because it can get out of hand. I I mean, the story goes that he... he he Has issues with his feet and blisters, and then he jumped in a spa, and it sort of got infected um, that way. Ended up spending five or six days in in hospital, so that was quite serious. But the, the spa might maybe give the spa a bit of a miss if, Clary, if you've got a, a cut foot. So that's potentially where the mistake has been made, and um, and yeah, over the next twenty four to forty eight hours, we will learn how many more games um, he will be missing because there's a big question mark. I think broadly on Melbourne, Joey, I can't get a read on the I mum, mean, but I tipped him as the preseason premiers before the season and have maintained the faith. Now I just don't know where
4: they're at after this loss to Geelong. Str- strange one, Melbourne, because their defence and contest stuff we know is elite, but the last five weeks their defence, uh, their offence has just fallen away completely. They've gone from averaging over 100 points a game to about mid-60s now, and it was on display against Geelong. They just weren't able to penetrate with with sort of – any threat to that Geelong defense. And then in the fourth quarter, it was Geelong that were able to pile on five goals in a hurry. So Melbourne have got time. They've just got to work out their ball movement. they got them going early in the year. They were, they were more aggressive. Off the line. Off the line, through the corridor, attacking mm. the top of the square. All those things that they'd practiced over summer that they were doing. Looks like it's gone away, so they've just got to get back to rediscovering a bit more of their it's offense. Been an
3: interesting time, isn't it? Melbourne beat mm. Collingwood, then Geelong beat Melbourne. It's just opening up a little it bit. There's... It's going to be
4: who's in the right form at the right time of year. Kath, you're right. yep. yep, yep,
3: Um, Dangerous tackle. You've yep. been uh, following this. All season really. You wrote a great piece in the Herald oh, Sun the other day. I thank even you. Text man. you about thank it. You nice. Yeah, it gave it me a real like yeah. yeah. So, I
2: normally get a lot of abuse, Kath, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> in the feedback <laughs> stakes. It's nice to get a love heart emoji every no, now I, and then. I thank read
3: you. that whole article with a little thank coffee you. in hand. Um, yep. Last night there was another dangerous tackle.
2: Yes, so uh, Liam Stocker is the one who slung Eric Hipwood. The thing is that Hipwood's head doesn't hit the ground. So uh, you've got to have some sort of impact for there to be a um, a, a reportable or a suspendable uh, So uh, not offense. the act.
4: So we're now saying the act of a sling and a dump is okay as long as his head doesn't hit the ground now. I Unless- don't
3: think we are saying that, though, are we? Because that was the exact action they're trying to stamp out, aren't they?
4: That action is exactly what they are trying to stamp yeah. out. Slinging a player, twisting him 360 degrees and then... Mm-hmm. It- Taking him down to ground. Like, so technically,
2: be... if you don't suspend him for this, mm-hmm. it creates more confusion, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. There's got to be enough force in there, or it's got to be done in a way where there is impact to the head. I think you can't miss that crucial aspect, um, Kath. So, so, for example, right? If I take so you it, can
5: I...
4: sl- you can sling tackle and do a three as long as they don't their head doesn't hit the ground. Well, you've got to be cautious about
2: it. Well, can yeah. they can't be reportable unless their head hits the ground because you need high contact. Because if if they're just if their shoulder or their body hits the ground, then it's not. It's not a dangerous tackle because they're not in a vulnerable position. I'm not saying
3: that he should be suspended for this or whatever. I'm just saying, given everything we've... No, I'm not. You don't want to see players suspended. But everything we've seen this season is that suspensions have been increased because of the potential to cause head injury. So last night, there was massive potential to cause head injury. So if you let him off scot-free... Doesn't that create more confusion? I un- that's
2: now saying it comes down to luck. I understand your point. Well, it, comes, it means that force is a, is an important factor in it, right? Because no, not it's um, not the force. It's whether the force <laughs> is to the shoulder or the, his head or shoulder hits the ground. But to, to constitute a dangerous tackle, there has to be excessive force. That's part of the boxes that have to be ticked. If there is an excessive force when you've got a little man trying to take down a big man, then, um, then it, it's that's okay. It's not so, right at all.
4: It doesn't have to be excessive force. It's whether their head hits the ground. But, We've no, seen but, players with a lesser act, with a sling tackle that's got less force, but because the players head at the ground, they've well, been suspended. Like James Sicily. Well, they've got to be yeah. there Three games for that. in a vulnerable position. But uh, so,
2: in this instance... Um, you could, they could argue that he wasn't in a vul, he wasn't in a vulnerable position. Well, this to is to going to create, create more
4: confusion. You watch this. If that's the case, Jay Z, and now you're very good. You're on the money more often <laughs> yeah. than not. I think this will create more confusion okay. again because it's confused me yep. that you can do that sling and dump, but because his head doesn't hit the ground, he's okay. Well, they meet
2: later today, so we we certainly
4: because will find out. Because what is
2: the out. more
3: dangerous action, James Sicily, or what we saw last night? Just yeah, the
2: action. I think the point is valid. Well, I think yeah. the point is valid. Yeah. Good, Kath. Yeah. So,
3: hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joey. I yeah. thought well, you get a little yeah. confirmation. <laughs> Good, Kath, from Joey. Um, so just hang on. The thing is wrapping with Sicily,
2: the thing is with Sicily, did hold his left arm, and that is what caused his head to, to bury into the ground or get pummeled into the ground.
3: Yeah. Stocker had one arm pinned hitwood last night, didn't he?
2: Yeah, but his head didn't hit the ground. Anyway.
3: Okay. Oh. So, so hang on, just wrapping it up, what do yeah. you think it is going to be?
2: Uh, I think he gets off, and I think uh, Max King also gets off for his um, – his strike or attempted strike on Ryan Lester, I think it was more of a tickle than a strike. But, again, uh, they're my predictions. We'll find out a little bit later today. Dude, you
3: got
2: yep. heavy into that debate, didn't we? We did. Hey, um, yes.
3: Let's take a little break and we'll go get an injury update from you. Yes. And also chat all things sport because there's a lot happening on at the moment. The cricket, Wimbledon's coming up.
2: Heaps. Did NBA N- draft N- N- NBA was just on. chat about the NBA draft. Did yep. anyone spend a week on the couch this week like I did watching the cricket? Yes. Yes. We'll discuss that. Leroy no. did? Sleep okay. deprived. Yes.
3: Yep. Shilling.
0: shocking. Mm.
3: Triple M's Dead Set Legends, <laughs> Joe J, Kath and Lemo.
0: Joey J, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. This is Triple A instead. No,
2: I'm God. not happy with that, Kath. I am not happy with that. We just spent our break talking about winter foods and how we love this and that. I made a, a gnocchi lamb ragu, which I didn't give to Joey last week, so I feel bad about that, and I, I owe him one. But we will just talking about food, and then Kath looks at my guts,
4: like a good two-second stare at real my guts. Real judgmental I look.
2: I feel... I, I Oh, I don't know. I'm, I feel, I'm flat. He yeah. was in, and she hey, curled hey, up hey, her hey. nose, Joey, at you are, me.
3: You are in tip-top shape. I That's didn't mean, not the look, the look
2: gym. you gave me. And we got cameras in here. We're gonna check. Don't you feel down? You know, sometimes <laughs> look, look at you like that, yes. Joey. Oh, oh I cat. feel so. Hey, does
4: that lead to, are we going to, do you want to chat about some foods after?
2: Yes, can we? Hey, what about, um, we're talking about some good foods. What about some bad foods? What about some underwhelming foods? Have you got a food? As
4: f- in, like, foods that
3: people rave about. Overrated. And then you try it. Yes. Oh, yeah. I've got, that yeah. was incredible. There's a long list. Yeah. Crispy creams. Flavoured Never got the flavoured fascination milk? with Flavoured milk.
4: Adults drinking flavoured milk. <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 okay, that's more, like, inappropriate. That's good.
2: <laughs> oh. Like, is an up and go okay? Up and go it okay.
4: Even seeing an adult drink a Big M. Yeah.
3: <laughs> or like an adult whipping out an LC or something, like a little kid's <laughs> snack. <Yeah.
2: laughs> I was
4: like, okay. Right. What about uh, tofu? You can,
2: you can keep tofu. You yeah. might be happy, a tofu. don't upset rave
4: about tofu. TV. I've never TV. heard someone don't say Don't upset the vegetarians. So, we have a big vegetarian so, audience.
2: Listen to this. But, uh, <laughs> if you put cardboard in water, I'd imagine it <laughs> something like tofu. Wouldn't it? Every time I eat tofu, it's been a while, <laughs> I think of... Drenched cargo. Anyway, I'm sure people are enjoying yep. their breakfast. Yeah. Um, Joey and
3: I are sick, everyone. Just right we on. coughed at the same yes. time there. Sorry mm. about um, that. Um, why don't we discuss this a little bit later? I'll yes. have a think about foods that I think are extremely yes. underwhelming. I want to chat about, I want to
4: about, about, the, about the NBA draft. Oh, You're yes. a fan of the NBA? Yes. Yep. Pick number one, Victor He He's the most hyped pick number one since LeBron James. Yes. So for those that haven't caught up, mm-hmm. this young man is seven foot four. He's yes. basically Kevin Durant on steroids. Yeah. He's, he's double our size. He's double our size. <laughs> his ball handling's off the charts. He basically has to duck down to so his head doesn't hit the rim. Mm. And he is going to be an unbelievable unicorn yep. in the NBA yep. in the he, years to come. He
2: can dribble. He can shoot. He can block. He can rebound. They're saying that this guy's um, could be one of the greatest players of all time. So the NBA draft was this week. This this is how he was called
5: out, pick one. With the first pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wimbayama from Montar, France.
2: So that's him, Victor Wembanyama, and he spoke quite well after getting picked because there is obviously huge hype and expectation.
3: Best feeling of my life, you know. Probably best night of my life.
2: I've been dreaming about this for so long. It's just, it's a dream come true. And the Spurs coach, Greg Popovich, is regarded as uh, the master coach in the NBA, talking about how they're going to manage him.
1: Because of all the hype, he'll have a target on his back. So we'll be most interested in setting a framework uh, and an environment where he's comfortable, where he can be Victor. Uh, He's not... LeBron or Tim or Kobe or anybody else he's Victor. And that's who we
5: want him to be.
4: He is Victor. Mm. Good coach. Probably couldn't have a better coach, could he, to come into yeah. the NBA under Greg Popovich. And oh, what about great. this one, Kath? Identical twins, Eamon and Ozar Thompson, both drafted in the top five. Wow. wow. So identical twins went in the top five in the draft as well. Wow. So there you go. That's
2: gonna be tricky. Some big trades too. Speaking of the NBA, Joe, you and I love it. So Chris Porzingis Paul has gone to the Celtics, which yes. is going to give them the big man probably they need, but they lose the defender in
4: Marcus Smart. And Chris Paul, the veteran the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul has gone over to join Golden State Warriors to play with uh, Steph Curry. So they're obviously doubling down to try and win another title. So this
2: is – sorry, Kath. The good, the good teams – are getting the good players, aren't they? Yeah. Like, it's
4: sort of, is it making it a bit uneven? Do you like this the super team? Oh, that's just the way they're doing it. There's, if you're in the window, you've got to keep topping up and try and keep mm. adding to it to win. We, AFL did it this year. A lot of the top teams, Brisbane and mm. Collingwood and Port Adelaide and mm. Melbourne all added to their to their stops. B,
2: BJ Goddard's just about the only free agent who went down to a bottom team. Your mate. Yes. Good
4: one. <laughs> 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 Was he? Let's Dry-fi. hope
3: he's not. Listening right now. Oh, what about the women's ashes? Australia all out, four hundred and seventy-three, at least Perry out 99. Stiff. Okay. But uh Annabelle Sutherland, what a start. She is one hundred and thirty-seven, not out, sixteen fours and a six. Absolutely whacking them. And she's also taken a wicket. So she is absolutely a dominating uh one one for twenty-eight. Uh England, they are two for a 218. So this shopping up is quite the test well, match.
4: She's only 21 years of age. Annabelle Sutherland, of course. Alex Demonor is in the semi-finals of the Queens Club. Leroy in the tennis, which is the lead up to Wimbledon. Correct. So hopefully he's in a, a bit of form. And, of course, the Melbourne Storm are playing tonight at Amy Park, if you want to get down and watch them against the Manly Seagulls. The Storm... Talk about being consistent. They just continue to deliver year in, year out. Tour de France coming up. Have you seen the doco on Netflix? I was going to start. I was going to start watching it the other night. I will watch the doco. Have you seen it? I'm not a bike guy, but oh, I've heard I it's have. Excellent. Yeah.
3: Sorry, delayed reaction there. Are you with it's us? us. <laughs> oh, <no>. Joining <laughs> Sorry.
4: us. So just, the Tour France, the documentary. I was just on
3: Cricbuzz after reading out the women's. Sorry. Right. Um, You're fat shaming me. You're tuning out. It's very good. It's very good. So, even if you're not a
4: cycling fan, you. No,
3: they've done it very well. That um, if you don't really watch. I only sometimes tune into the Tour de France. I wouldn't follow cycling hardcore, but I got very invested in this. It's great. Um, Put it on the list. I think they, you know, they do the. They show the vision of the what are they called? Not team principals, but the head honchos of all the teams in the cars as the stage is going. That's really fascinating, just to get that behind-the-scenes access.
2: Yeah, nice.
3: Yeah, highly recommend it. Okay, very good. Um, Okay, where are we going to next? I am the host, I will decide.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Footy? Choose your own adventure?
2: Um,
3: Yeah, let's go back to a bit of footy. I think we need a bit of footy news from you.
0: The Dead Set Legends, Triple M.
3: You want to talk about Essendon. It's been an amazing season so far under Brad Scott in year one, so they're fresh off the by tonight, they take on Fremantle in Perth, which is a tough road trip. They're gunning for a fifth straight win, I believe. So... Red Scott has this side absolutely humming. And on top of that, Darcy Parrish, one of the competition's elite ball
2: winners, returns tonight for the first time since round eight. Yeah, he's back. And before that injury, he's one of the top clearance winners in the competition, Darcy uh, Parish And he's become a more damaging, impactful player, I think. You know, that maybe there was the criticism that when he got these 40 possession games, how much yeah. did he actually hurt you? Well, I think Scotty's really trying to sharpen his focus on, on uh, hurting the opposition. Joey, I reckon if Essendon win this, they blow the lid off the Bombers. They've been flying under the radar, I think, so far this season. How have
3: they done that, by the way? Put your little media hat on. How have they done that? Because there's always been so much much hype, particularly say we just look back at the Ben Rutten era. There was always so much hype about the Bombers. And Brad Scott, I don't know who's been in charge of it, somehow they've just managed to
2: fly under the radar, as he said, but they're actually playing yep. for the best football we've seen them play in and, a long time. And behind the scenes at the footy club, that's the in terms of the PR team and the, the strategy team, they work on that for three months, the messaging. You know, what are we saying winning? What are we saying losing? And I think everyone's really uh, bought, bought into it. And Brad Scott's been very clever in his presses.
4: I think it's been Brad Scott. I remember right from the start, because, you know, I've been pretty bullish on Essendon's list you for have. a while now. And at the yep. start of the year, listening to Brad Scott saying, oh, we we're going to play the long game and yep. we don't have much expectation. I was at the start of it like, Jeez, he's playing this down. Mm. Now you look back and you go, that was the strategy. It was a clear plan. Yep. Brad Scott's walked in and goes, for whatever reason, everyone overrates Essendon and pumps them yep. up too much. And all it does is let the fans down. And mm. a bit like maybe what's happened to Carlton in particular this year. Yep. And he's done the complete opposite. And I think it's taken the pressure off the players, a bit of pressure off the club. They can focus on what they wanted to do as a, as a team, the way they're playing. And now you're right. Now everyone's like, oh, all of a sudden if they win tonight, They're equal fourth. They're a game off third on the ladder. Like, my God. And for a
3: big Melbourne club, it's just bizarre that they're still flying out of the radar. Because you're right, yeah, he did that all pre-season. But it's maintained that, you know, composure, even when they've started winning and beating um, big clubs. I think coaching cool
2: perspective. Take your hat off to Brad Scott. The defensive. I think he's got buying real clarity of message. Ask anyone at Essendon what's been what's Brad Scott brought most. They say clarity, just real simplicity. That's mm. a really simplified things, and they bought in. You're very clever man, Brad Scott. You know, in their talk mention their list. I think they they sometimes get a bad rap for the list. They've got some absolute bargains. Nick Martin. They got off the SPP list. I think he's playing for like 250 grand. Like he extraordinary how well he's going. Peter Wright, they got for a fourth-round mm. draft pick. Will Setterfield, they got for a fourth-round draft pick. Like, I think some of their bargain recruiting, uh, young Davey has been a player. So I think they've been um, quite smart. And what
4: they're out. doing, they've still got some elite, high-level talent that we haven't even seen. Like, oh. Elijah Sardis, we're talking about this draft, this the, the draft from last year, the mm. top 10, the Bailey Humphrey and Sheasle and that. This Sardis went pick five, so he's right in amongst this elite group of top ten talent that we haven't even seen yet. Yep. We haven't seen Zach Reed, the big key defender, Nick Cox. Nick haven't, Cox. almost haven't seen him for two yeah. years now. Like they've actually got some some real high end talent that if if they can get their bodies right and come through calf next mm. year, geez, there's a lot a lot of upside with this Essendon side. Weird question for you too, but
3: how did you rate Essendon's list at the start of the season compared to Carlton? Because when you think back to the preseason narratives about both clubs. Carlton was the one going to play finals, oh, yeah. and now look where we are because there is such depth to Essendon's list when we discuss yeah, it now yeah. compared to Carlton. I
4: was bullish on Essendon's list, but more for a longer term play because mm. they've got a lot of high end talent. A lot of when you go through their list, even players they've bought in from other clubs, Jake Stringer, Dylan Sheil, are all Peter Wright, are all top ten mm. draft picks. So yeah. they're all high end elite talent that they've got for different reasons. So I looked at Essendon's list and thought this group has got a lot of talent. They just can if they can harness it with a coach and some stability with a club. I thought they'd be a a good team. Now, this year is probably ahead of my expectations. Carlton, on the other hand, I thought were right this year. I thought Carlton Mm -hmm. had the capabilities to be a top four team with their talent. But for them, we know there's been a whole host of reasons for that.
2: They've got a missing link, though, Essendon. It's something they need to address in this year's exchange period. Joey, do you agree with me they need a stopper, a big-bodied stopper, key defender?
4: Well, they do, yes. I mean, Zach Reed was being the hope, and they can still probably allow him to take his time, but maybe they go out and uh, find a gun defender. They're not easy to get, but mm. yes, I think you're right.
1: Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
3: Good morning, Rusty. Hey, I want to get straight to the Formula One action because Max Verstappen, should we already be talking about him as one of the greats of all time?
1: Kath, Joey Jay, good morning. Um, I reckon you're kind of right. And we, we don't immediately seem to do that. But Kath, just look at the pure numbers, right? So he's just chalked up his fourth win in a row for this season, got a massive lead in the championship, taking aim at a third title in career terms. He's got more than 40 wins now, 85 podiums, 25 pole positions, and he's only 25 years of age. So no wonder people like Lewis Hamilton are saying, look, if he remains uh, you know, in love with the sport and is enjoying what he's doing, there's no reason he couldn't go on to challenge the kind of records that... Michael Schumacher and, and Lewis Hamilton have um, have got in the F1 record books.
3: But it, it's also amazing hearing him speak. It's not like he really cares if he wins X amount of world titles. I think he said, I've, I've won, won them twice before, I've experienced it, and probably at the end of my next contract I might walk away very mm-hmm. happy.
1: That, that's that's kind of a window, I think, into his personality. And, yeah. and, you know, once he's filled his cup, I would not be surprised if that, that does happen. I mean, he's done some incredible things already. Um, he, he hasn't talked about wanting to go out and, and emulate those sort of people. It's the driving, the racing, the purity of that that he really enjoys, not all the other palaver. He's
2: filling his cat with cash is what he's doing, Rusty. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Hey, uh, what about the Australian Grand Prix CEO job? I know Travis Old's name uh, has popped up at times. Are you hearing any whispers about who might uh, replace Andrew Westercott?
1: Well, well, big shoes to fill, obviously, first and foremost. Um, but you're right, this is not a new story. It's been in the Melbourne press over the past couple of months. I think even Gil McLaughlin's been linked to it as well. But what is new is that it has resurfaced kind of on the motorsport media side with a bit of, let's call it dot joining. So they're going to do an interim CEO in the Australian Grand Prix um, uh, post. Some are wondering if that'll line up with timeline for either Travis or Gil. We remain, you know, we'll we, we wait to see what happens there. And then separately this week, Um, On a different note, Eugenia Rocker, who Mm -hmm. has done great things with the North Melbourne Club and Collingwood, he's been our top man at Motorsport Australia for over a decade now, 11 years. And he's announced that he's going to retire at the end of the year from that post. So for the recruiters at the big end of town, some big jobs, some big shoes to fill right now.
4: And just lastly, Rusty, would Ford have scored a much needed win at the supercars in Darwin before that fire in Cam Waters' car?
1: I would like to think that you're right. You know, we'll never know. Sadly, a part failed on the car. That's not Cam or the team's fault, we should say. The team did an incredible job to repair that car. It happened very early in the race there in Darwin. He'd had a pole position. We were hoping it would be good for the Mustang. What has happened in the wake of this, and we've spoken about it on the show a few times, Um, is that they've looked at all the different rounds so far and it's triggered a review. So they're looking at what Camaro's achieved, what Ford's done and so on, and they're going to have a look into the parity of the sport. So we'll watch that space.
3: Always a pleasure chatting to you, Rusty. We'll chat next week.
1: Take care, guys. Thank you. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence.
3: Huge second hour coming up. We've got Jude Bolton joining us today because Sydney take on West Coast at the SCG this afternoon, so we thought it might just reflect on well, those uh, early 2000s
2: clashes between the Swans and Eagles, which were epic. It was an unbelievable rivalry and, and every was game amazing. was like one point or two points or draw, it was phenomenal. Uh, you couldn't miss footy, that stuff, and they were both flying. Vicky O'Loughlin
3: going up to the uh, Eagles cheer squad, <laughs> that will be an image uh,
2: we'll remember forever. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends,
3: Joe J, Catherine Lemo.
0: Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Lemo Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
3: Second hour, here we go. Hello, <laughs>
0: Kath. Good morning.
3: Um, can I do pick
2: one? Pick one. Yeah, you do may. you one? You may. Um, you got a footy one or just a lifestyle one? <laughs> Yeah, I've got a lifestyle one for you, Kath. Um, Let's start with the footy. Joey, um, if you could only pick one of these two key defenders, who would you take? Melbourne's Stephen May or uh, Collingwood's Darcy Moore in a grand final tomorrow? Who would you back in with more confidence to shut down the uh, opposition's um, superstar full forward? And, Kath, can you consider yourself, I've got a collection of brown and and black belts, and I mix it up and I just... Are you more of a sort of a brown... Belt shoe person or a black, brown. That's a brass belt. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> I really butchered that.
3: Um, do you with your accessories. I a song nah, or something? I want to know with your
2: accessories, do you go the black or do you go the brown? Um, if you need time to think about it, we can I come go back black. To work. You're black? Yeah. Okay.
3: But it really, that's, that's a poor question because it really depends Why? on what you're wearing. I'm quite more uh, interested in your question to Joey, actually, because right. that's a tough one. <laughs> I'm going to give you one. May Pick one. Okay.
4: If it's grand final day tomorrow, yep. who do you want as your coach? Craig McRae or Chris Scott? Ooh, gee, Ooh. That's a, that's a I belter. Of, I just thought of it then. <laughs> that's, that's a great one. Yeah, that thanks. is a belter. Wait,
3: answer the Mayor Moore one.
4: Uh, I'll go Darcy Moore. I'll yeah. take Darcy Moore Why? right now. The peak of his powers because yep. he can defend. I think he's doing a bit more offensively as well. And the athleticism, he just makes up so much ground. So I'd take Darcy Moore. I'm
2: going to take Chris Scott because he's been there and done it. Craig McRae the Pied Piper and I love him. He's faster. i and got the new deal at Collingwood. Go
3: the fairy tale, you- Boring old man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Scotty has been there and done that, so I'm. I'm true, ba- my true. life
4: depends on I'm going. Scott. Hang on, I'm curious to know: is it brown belt or a black belt? That was <laughs> one of your worst <laughs> of all lady. time.
3: Uh, I, did, like, I said
4: black. Oh, you said black. Yeah. sorry. What did you, <laughs> what what you go, Joey? You're a brown belt person. Uh, brown, yeah, brown belt. So
3: brown shoes. You, hey, yeah. I think we need to um, revisit our conversation from before because we got quite invested in it, and I think our listeners could get quite invested in this too. Underwhelming foods. Yep. Because you randomly text me, I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday, just Save saying, it. no, well, we're, doing we're doing it okay. now. Oh, are we? Yeah. We're, we're doing not it now. Oh, it teasing any it. longer. Oh, I thought we are teasing. But you said, yes. ask me on air yes. about <laughs> low fat dips.
2: Yes. Couldn't be more. I'm not sure. I had a low fat tzatziki, which is the most. Why uns-
3: did you go the low
2: fat option, just out of curiosity. Oh, it, was an, it was an accident, to be honest. Okay. I mistakenly got the wrong dip. Yep. The low-fat tzatziki, and I love a tzatziki, French onion also very good, <laughs> and it was the most unsatisfying sort of dip on biscuit. Like, I had a couple, and then I just got rid of it. So the low-fat dip, you need the full-flavoured dip, I feel like, to get full value. Sometimes. And, it, and I thought, this is an underwhelming food. Okay. <laughs> what a great question to ask. What <laughs>
4: underwhelms you on the table, Lajon? Right, no. Oh, so you want to get some callers? for the, You want to do that? Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh. But yeah, so the question. What's underwhelming?
4: Because uh, I've got one straight off the top. Well, I said you... the flavoured milk, uh, but I also think porridge or oats. If anyone has porridge or oats for oh, breakfast, porridge
3: is great. I I like really? Yeah. Oh. What do you I have for breakfast. porridge?
4: Oh, I just have toast um, <laughs> with vegemite.
3: Yeah, great. I think um, Jaffers. Those lollies—they yeah. are so underwhelming. Yes, agree. Who I've goes l- and buys a packet of those?
4: Licorice, very
2: um, yeah. horrific. Yeah, um,
3: there's a lot you- of people in that camp.
2: Leroy, what did you say before? Ham and pineapple pizza. Yeah, I agree with you. On oh, pineapple. Pine- yeah, yeah, and S- avocado. Yes, you as don't well. like avocado.
3: What? No.
2: Tofu's the worst. Tofu is the number one underwhelming food out there. Jesus, the calls are coming in. Like- <laughs> really took off, didn't
4: it? Uh, <laughs> um, I've got a couple more. Oh, go for it. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, the like listeners that. are obviously waiting Wait, for on. this, Jay-Z. Can you tell can. your
3: friends to call in?
2: <laughs> walnuts.
3: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Shocking. Nuts. Yes, shocking. Yeah, shocking. Unless they're in carrot cake or something. you got to really yeah. work hard to yes. incorporate the walnuts. Carrots.
2: Who eats a carrot? And I think chilli generally. I, like, I put
3: chilli no, on I everything. Disagree.
2: I put chilli
4: chili on everything. Right, okay. Yeah, so Anyway. We'll um, right,
3: should we just um, sign off on that chat about uh, underwhelming foods? Yep, there yeah. we go, yeah. Kim oh, Hey, okay.
4: I want to ask you, because in the paper tomorrow, you've yes. done, this is the work that you do every year, the Herald Sun journalist, the mm. top 100 paid players in the game. You put a lot into it, and a lot of people... <laughs> Look at fascinated. him rubbing his face as we speak. <laughs> I My it's first question, before we get into some of the names, mm. do you believe that players' wages should be public? And if so, why? Yeah, I, I, I think we're at that point. Um, I think
2: maybe even if it's the top earners, if it's the top um, 50% or something, so you're not focusing on – the low earners. Um, why? 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 wouldn't but you just it, do them all then? Oh, well, this is what I'm saying. I would be happy with all of it. I think, you know, it happens uh, right around the world in, in league sport. I think the accountability in, in some, um, the accountability, the transparency in some cases would actually provide good clarity and relief for some players because... Um, some players may feel like their pay packets are overinflated or, or exaggerated, all that sort of stuff. And to say that Patrick Dangerfield has been on good money, for example, over the past five or six years would surprise no one. Right, so I, I, I think there's a lot of unsurprising um, sort of stuff in a, in the top 100 tomorrow. You know, Nat Fife, Dustin Martin. You
4: know, these guys are going to be right at the top of the tree. Jeremy yeah. McGovern, Tim Kelly. So um, I'm dead. I'm dead against it for for what it's worth because I, I just don't see any value in any point in it. Because as you said, we sort of roughly know which players are on good money and which yep. aren't. I just think it would be used and I know the way that we work in this media, it would be you, everyone's figure would be used against Against their performance. I could see it happening every single week. Oh, player X is on $450,000 and he only had 11 possessions or he's, I could see that being used week in, week out as, as sort of a, Low-hanging fruit for the media so yep. to, to have a go at players. And mm-hmm. I think in our country, you talk about other sports, we have a bit of tall poppy syndrome here. We don't yep, really yeah. like seeing people succeed. In America, they laud it. They want their superstar to go and get the biggest deal in the world. Mm. Here, we don't have that same approach. So mm. I just think it would be used against players in a negative way, and uh, I don't think we need to have it because, as you said, you guys are going to have a rough idea anyway. It's mm. going to be in, in tomorrow's paper, yep. and I think it should just stay at that.
2: How long does it take to do? Well, two months. Pretty much. Really? The, start, the
4: work starts. So That's a uh,
2: bazillion uh, phone calls. And like I think over the, the past couple of years, it's been quite good and yeah. uh, very accurate. So there haven't been uh, too many blow-ups um, there. Obviously, we're not raiding filing cabinets or anything uh, along those lines. I think sort of today there's a story in the um, in the Herald Sun about some of the players who are extraordinary value. So you say our cup is very empty at times Joey well how, what how about these apples Tom Mitchell is not in there so he's playing for about 500,000 uh, dollars which is quite good value considering uh, what mm. he's doing Tom Hawkins kicked eight goals against this and I think it was around um 7 uh, playing on about the same. So he's not in the uh, top 100. couple of the Roos, Nick Larkey, Ben Mackay aren't in there as well. Jake Stringer is only on about 500. He was one who we thought was probably on a little bit more coin and um, still a match winner for Essendon. So mm. there's some bargains in today's um, Herald Sun and uh, oh, i sort of glad this piece of work is over, Joey, to be honest. <laughs> well but done. it is in the Herald Sun and will continue to run for the next two weeks. Well
3: done, Jay-Z. That is Herald Sun first uh, released tomorrow, Sunday it? Herald Sun. Yep. yep. Sunday Herald Sun. How much hey. did you
2: earn, Jay? What was your Biggest contract,
4: (laughs) not I wasn't in the top (laughs) hundred ever. I know that.
3: What are your thoughts on the buy rounds? I feel like it just drags on, sucks the life out of the competition. Yeah, Yeah, it's the final buy round. Thank goodness, it's been four weeks of it. Doesn't bother me that much. Why don't you just do two weeks buy rounds? Half the competition has a spell, the other half plays. Yeah, I agree with
4: that. I agree we can do it over two weeks. I probably prefer to have one week off. I think having no games for one week, I'm okay with. And I think you could. Make it a community football round. Everyone go yeah. back and support community football. You could start your trade period, which oh, I think will I like have mid-season that. trade period. Come do in. your you Hall of a Fame a night. Hall of Fame night. You could have an exhibition game, whether it's AFLW or some sort of rep site or something else. EJ Whitten. We're we still doing an, the EJ Whitten. Under 18 game? championships could take mm. a bit more centre stage and really really start to, uh, liking American sport, start to hone in a bit more on the talent coming through for next year, build up a bit of momentum that way. There's a lot of other things we could do. What if you had, say, a big... Games on
2: Friday night, Saturday night, and big games, Collingwood, Sydney, and I don't know, whoever else. And then in the daytime, it's more of a get to your community footy thing. I'm happy with that too. Yeah, Yeah, that will work. Big game in Sydney just to make it a big draw card. Hall of Fame on Tuesday night, I'm going. I can't wait for it, Kath. You'll be yeah. working for it. Does yeah. it. Do you feel like it's one of the best nights of the... world? Oh, it's such a privilege to be it? in that room, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah.
3: Have you covered... You've covered it for it. years.
4: I love the stories, Joey. You would like it. You I are. would love it if I could go one year. I need to go as someone's mm. guest, I think. That yeah. might be the way I get an invite. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh,
3: current, because current players are always, you know, humble and want to... <laughs> Refer to the team, the team yes. effort. Da, da. But it's nice when really indulge decades on yep. a, a great player gets recognised and and can. Tell all the stories and relive famous moments.
2: You know it is also good. You know, have you seen the phenomenon, um, guys? Where the clubs, this is particularly Geelong. You know they do their short
4: if injuries. Oh, they've gone with this short, medium, long-term yeah, stuff. Give that's an early give me a spell. Oh, this yeah. is grinding your yes. gears, isn't it? Oh, it's just yeah. If it's if
2: it's three weeks with a hamstring, just say three weeks with a hamstring. All like, other you know? teams do that. Yes, I think the fans deserve that sort of um, respect, uh, integrity. Yeah, okay, can't be that hard if it blows out by a week. You've always been a bit
4: cagey. The, the Cats, have they? Oh, With injury and stuff. Changes. They do late they've changes.
3: They've done their, they, their own way. Dangerfield last
4: year nice. didn't do a calf, but he's doing a six week training block, but he did do a calf. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, they've always been a bit cagey to cats. Like, oh, you've got to try and have some sort yep. of um, did, advantage on the competition,
2: maybe. Did you guys hide your injuries back in the day or sort of specifically tailor them up as something else? Um, um, I, in, we always hid
4: the injuries in regards to. Or as to... in,
2: if, if Nick Rewalt had an ankle, like, did you deliberately say it was a. Shoulder or something oh, different to try. and. I don't
4: think you so. you play any of those funny bugs? I don't know. Not I, can't, really? I can't remember. I was
2: part of it. I think the AFL is going to clamp down on it. might change for next year. Right-o. Speaking sure. of
3: Geelong, yep. what a win for them Thursday night. Footy, you covered this game for Fox, Joey. Yes. a 15-point big three of the Demons. I tipped the Demons. Not a great start to the tipping week, but it was an important win for Geelong. Um, it was. Particularly when they lost Jeremy Cameron early on. And just a great, great win at home at GMHBA Stadium.
4: No danger field. Jeremy Cameron out early. Big win against one of the premiership fancies. (laughs) Still leaves more questions than answers about the Cats. It's like they're a big if. If they get their their best team out there and their best footy, we know it's as good as anyone's. But we also know in a long season, if you're not right at the top and playing consistent, it's very hard to all of a sudden win three games against the three best teams, three of the best teams in a row to be able to play off in a grand final and then win it. But if there is a team that can do it, it's probably a side like Geelong. So they are going to be a fascinating watch from here on in. Uh, I've got a suspicion now they probably will sneak sneak into the finals. Yeah, I think they do. But can you win it from seven and eight? I know people say the Cats might. I think we say it every year that someone could. They generally don't. So history is against them. Mm.
3: Uh, I heard um, you speaking to Chris Scott pre-game the other night, though. It seems like he feeds off these great challenges of where they're at now and where they would need to get to to win this year's flag and go back-to-back. Back. Well,
4: they've, they've got great belief, and you, you yeah. have to. Like, of course you do. I've heard Paddy Dangerfield and Chris Scott, they've got belief that their best footy's good enough, and that's what great teams do. Yeah. But we also saw Jack Rewald say that for the whole year last year, didn't he? Oh, our best footy's good enough, If, but they just never got there. So they're going to be a bit of a watch the Cats. Oh, I think they're a fascination on the run home. Them and Richmond as well. Richmond mm. as well are a fascination with what they can mm-hmm. do if they make finals, because, again, we know their best footy is as good as any teams in the competition. Who do you believe in
3: more, Geelong
4: Geelong or Richmond? Good phone the food
3: (laughs) one. Really good phone
0: That's Billy
3: Brownless. That's Billy Brownless, everyone. anyone's (laughs) guessing who that was.
2: Geelong Geelong for me, for sure. You think they've still got the best four players in the squad as a competition. So if you take four players from any one team, I think the combination of uh, Jeremy Cameron, Paddy Dangerfield, um, Tom Stewart, and Hawkins. Uh, with Hawkins maybe include that, I still think they can get it done and they could come from seven or eighth um, for sure. And I think that, as you said, they'd relish that combination, that uh, challenge. I mean, they just knocked off Melbourne. That deserves a lot of respect.
4: Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think probably Geelong, but Richmond have got a bit more even spread. They are a bit more reliant on the team rather yep. than the specific individuals. But, Yeah, it's going to be a good watch. Two great teams. We'll see how they go. The question mark on the Cats
2: is the midfield. They don't have the midfield depth as some of the other teams, I think. So if they're going to be exposed or another team is going to target them, I think they do it in the guts.
3: Hey, we've got Jude Bolton joining us next, of course, part of Triple M's Dead Set Legends team in Sydney. And we've got the Sydney Swans taking on the West Coast Eagles. Now, given where both teams are at... We thought it might be nice to just revisit the good times for these two clubs, and that is 05 and 06. Their own and, little retro and, round. Yeah, what a rivalry it was because they played some absolute cracking games yeah. in 05 and 06. So, Jude Bolden coming up next. is is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joe J. Cathalimo.
0: Joey J. Cathalimo. The Dead Set Legends on Melbourne's 105.1 Triple M is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montana, Jay Clark, Kath Loughnan, and Lemo Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
3: Only two games on today, and the first is at the SCG. The Sydney Swans hosting the West Coast Eagles. What a rivalry this was in the early 2000s, and a man at the centre of it was Jude Bolton. He joins us on the line. Good day, Jude. Kath, how are you? You're welcome. Very well. Thanks for joining Hi, us this morning. Let's let's talk about this mid-2000s rivalry because, well, both teams aren't where they would like to be <laughs> currently. So let's go take us down <laughs> memory lane. Can you talk us through what it was like playing the Eagles in this 05-06 period?
5: Oh, it was incredible sort of uh, just the, the closeness of every game through that period. I think it was a, a run of like seven or eight games under 10 points and and just to go... Uh, back-to-back qualifying final, grand final, of that 0- 05 and 06 period. It was just no more hotly contested. I just can remember um, how much preparation went into taking on their opposition midfield particularly. And we talk of Judd, Kerr, Embley, Cox, um, you know, Fletcher. It was it was just unbelievable uh, midfield that, you know, our team just had to sort of try and navigate and and try and overcome. And and sure enough, you know, they got the better of us many times. Um, But just every game was just so competitive and so willing. And, you know, huge crowds always at Subiaco. It was such a a fierce place to play and, um, you know, unbelievable.
3: I'm so intrigued by that. Talk us through the preparation for preparing um, to come up against such a gun midfield. I mean, such an unbelievable midfield because you can prepare all you like, but you can't really stop the Chris Judds and the Daniel Kerr and the Ben Cousins of the world.
5: Exactly. Now, I think particularly with the um, Dean Cox as the Ruckman, I mean, I remember just we were all always sitting out there. Ross Lyon was our midfield coach in, in 05, and um, we would just sit there and do walkthroughs of just recreating the centre square to say, okay, how can we limit particularly Dean Cox because he had the ability to – um, you know, hit off hand and, and would just have, have almost 360-degree ability to put it anywhere to a, a really dangerous um, uh, ground-level player. So, you know, we would just try and, sh- you know, close off that square. So whether it be J- uh, Jason Ball just coming in from behind Dean Cox and just at least giving us an option, option at ground level to try and nullify the influence, because if you've got those guys streaming out the front of the stoppage and just unaccounted for... I and mean, Chris Judd would just torture us and I love the matchups we used to have. It'd be, you know, we quite often run Goodsy head-to-head with Judd, so you just sit there and as a ground level player, you go like sit back your front row seats. Really, it's a pretty amazing spot. We're speaking to Jude Bolton, probably the best looking of Sydney's
2: champions. Do you <laughs> think, Joey? He's got his modeling career. <laughs> I, Kirt, please, I like Kirties Kirties rugged looks. I like yeah, that's rugged looks. <laughs> I'm
5: a bit like you, Joey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, oh. and just on that midfield battle, dude, it's fascinating having listened to you. You're yeah. like, how's the prospect for you? So on, just say on your left side, you've got Judd absolutely streaming past <laughs> yours. Cousins on the right, powering past you. So if you're lucky, you might get a Daniel Kerr sort of hand in your face, if you're lucky, coming out, coming out of that thing. So they had some absolutely um, superstars in there. But you guys did salute, the, you know, the premiership, obviously, Leo Barry, uh, you star. How are you guys going as a, as a group? Sort of tw- twenty years on the the premiership reunions, obviously, um, yeah. it's pretty be pretty special times. Because the, the the Bloods culture is famous, isn't it? Are you still tight? Well, how tight are you with those guys? Twenty years on, oh,
5: it's super tight! No, absolutely, caught up with a few lads last night. Guys like Mickey O'Loughlin had a few beers last night as well. It was it's always great fun re, you know, stepping some of those moments, but. As you mentioned, that, that quality midfield, I mean, we, Kirky uh, coined the phrase, we were the Ford Cortinas up against Ferrari. like, like, uh, sort of like uh, you know, Luke Ablett and some of the guys in there, like we were just, you know, just hanging on for dear life at different stages because, um, and it comes down to cohesion and ability to say, okay, there's a trust in a handover because you're not going to be, not going to be able to uh, beat them for leg speed at times. But if you have your spacing around that stoppage and say, okay, if, if I've got full trust in you if it goes past me and there's a block you're going to look after that opponent because he's a he's a target player for us so um, and then either end of the ground was just always fascinating as well so but yeah I, I just love the subiaco feel like just to be able to get out there and and try and quell uh, what is quite often a deafening experience um, you know we we enjoyed we thrived on those sort of moments um, and we weren't always uh, you know victorious or anything like that but we knew we were always going to quit ourselves really well.
4: That's a great lesson listening to you, Jude. Talent's one thing, but then all the teamwork and effort and competitiveness and structure and all the intangibles, Jay-Z, can mm-hmm. make up for a lot of that. And those Swans boys had that in spades. Yep. Hey, I just want to just... Uh Change tact a bit, Jude, because you're flying on the rush hour Sydney with Gus Wall in there and Wendell Sailor. I want to ask you about the state of origin, the NRL state of origin. Uh, New South Wales just flopped.
5: Do we do? Do we have? To? Do oh, we have no, I just to? want to get a feel. Oh, give God. us give us a
4: bit of a feel for how it is up there, and how does Wendell Sailor go doing the uh, the Sydney, you know, the Sydney rush hour when uh, he's a um, Queenslander and all the fallout from New South Wales. Mate, he wears his maroon. <laughs> i
5: walking in. He's oh, mate. It's it's absolutely sickening at the moment. Um. No, I, I think there's a, there's a fair bit of fallout, obviously, on Freddie Fittler's uh, yeah. coaching performance. And, and I, can, I guess it's just two back-to-back games. Uh, you know, it's, to be honest, New South Wales were pretty good in the first, first game until that last 10 minutes where they, they lost the player and then just got overrun and conceded the last two tries. And then and the second game just got whitewashed. So, yeah, there's, there's going to be a fair bit to play out, a, a dead rubber in, in game three. And, yeah, there'll be a few changes, I expect.
2: And Jude, it's it flying in your commentary too. We love your special comments. You're know, ah, champion hard, night You're doing stuff, a man. great job. But I do want to think back to when Toby Green kicked the match winner—that snap out of the uh, stoppage—to uh, pip the Swans much earlier in the season. I think we've got the call here, Leroy, and then you potentially jumping in from the back row. Let's take a listen. Himmelberg looms large. A little handball
0: to the captain, and Toby Green. Toby oh, Green. he's kicked it. He's kicked he's it. Kicked it. Toby Green
5: could be the match winner. Oh, mate. Is that you getting yep. up and about from the back row? Or? Mate, I think you always love watching players like Toby Green, particularly <laughs> when they just he just throws his team on his shoulders and, and gets them across the line. And those sort of clutch moments where you've got no right to kick one from congestion like that, Um, he's been amazing this year.
4: But Jude, you didn't get the email, the special (laughs) comments, man.
5: You can't jump over
4: the caller when he's calling the big moments. You've got to read those emails that Ewan Uh, sends
5: around. We're not in the box with Rossi Lyon where he goes, mate, don't bring your – don't bring your scarf along, mate. Dude,
2: these commentators, they don't like being spoken over, mate. You've got to give them their big moments. <laughs>
5: Hang
3: hey, on.
2: Hey. So we've all asked good. you
3: about commentary, state of origin, and your mm. rivalry back in five O six. 6 We haven't actually asked you about the afternoon's game. game so <laughs> maybe just a quick word on today's game before you go, uh, dude.
5: Obviously, obviously, West Coast have been battling away. But, you know, these are the sort of danger games where I know John Longmire is so... Uh, neurotic in that sense that he, he'd, <laughs> he'd, he'd want them to be ruthless today. They'd get some, um, you know, headline acts back with Mills, Heaney, like McDonald comes in as well. So Swans should be too, um, too strong for them, to be honest,
3: yeah. you're a star. Thanks for joining us this morning.
4: Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Jude. These are the games the coaches get more on edge for. Like John Longmire's already a pretty intense coach. These are the ones they get more intense and more focused on. The games they know you should win and they get a bit nervous, Yeah, yeah he will be on edge.
3: Yeah, now, Armando, you can catch uh, Triple M's coverage of Sydney taking on the West Coast Eagles from 4pm this afternoon. Jude Bolton's going to be in commentary with Brad Seymour. Brenton's speed, love speedy's work, and Troy Love. Team, we need to chat about tonight's game, Fremantle v Essendon, we... Pumped up the bummers beforehand, mm. and rightly so, because they're playing uh, some brilliant football in year one under Brad Scott. But the Dockers. Big game. Joey, well, they came good before their bye, not so good after the bye. Now they host Essendon at home at Optus
4: Stadium. If they're going to play finals, this is a the game they should win. This is just a must win if they want to play finals for this year, Kathy. spot on. It's a couple of disappointing losses. After the bye, they get back their big enforcer, Sean Darcy, which is a huge inclusion. Uh, They've made a couple of uh, omissions from their side. I like the look of their team. I think they've got to find their best footy tonight. They have to start well, Jay. They've won one of their last 17 first quarters. So they have got to find a way to come out of the blocks and go bang. Throw the first punch. Play with some dare and freedom. And not just wait to see what the game brings to you. I want to see a faster start. But look... I still like the way they're going about it, Freo. We know they're heading in the right direction long-term. Kath, they're still yeah. the fourth youngest list in the competition. It's oh, going under the radar how yeah. young this Frio side are. They were younger than the GWS Giants last week, who everyone is sort of putting as a, a rebuild team. So they've still got plenty of um, upside, but because of the expectations off the back of last year, they yeah. were higher than they are, but uh, they can still make a run, but they've got not much margin for error, not much room to move.
3: No Sam Draper tonight for Essendon, so with Sean Darcy back and Luke Jackson able to play that role he was when Dusty was in the side, then it's uh, an advantage Fremantle on that regard. What about tomorrow's game, Collingwood v
2: Adelaide at the MCG? It is
3: second v8. This should
2: be a cracker, Jason. Yes, it should be. I think Adelaide are still a bit flat with the way they got Pipped at the post last time they took on the Pies on that um, extraordinary, that, that run of close wins that they've had, the Magpies. So you think at the MCG it's going to be tough for the Crows. If they can get up here, then we start talking about them as a top four team, the Crows. But I think this will be uh, beyond them. Uh, Collingwood off the bye, et cetera. You think they'll be able to get up in this one. A class difference. But some of those underrated Adelaide players, Chase Jones, uh, Michelani, uh, Jake, if Jake Saliga walked past me in Chapel Street I'm
4: not sure I'd... Mitch Hinge is having a good Hinge. year they've, no, they're, they're doing pretty well the Crow look again it's nothing to lose for Adelaide here if they win this they're in they're playing finals this yep. year with the run they've got home uh, and a lot of home games against winnable opposition so a massive game for Adelaide but yeah they need to do it on the road against the Collingwood side that we know what we're going to get love seeing the Pies play and uh, we're doing that game for the Sunday rub, Jay-Z, so it should be fun. Can't wait.
3: Who have you tipped in the last game of the round uh, Round 15? Suns v Hawks no, I'm on keeping, the Gold Coast. No, I'm
4: keeping the faith in the Gold Coast. Yeah. I've got more trust in them this year. That, that was a horrible performance in that second quarter against Carlton, but I, I think that they are turning the wheel and they are more reliable. So disappointing last week. The pressure will come on Stewie. Jay, you know all about it. If, if they lose at home to Hawthorne, it's going to be big, but I can't see them. I, I think they're better than that now. They've got a bit more steel and resolve about them. So I think they'll get the job done. It's just
2: amazing how Carlton blew them away out of the center center clearance when they are the number one clearance team in the comp Gold Coast. They got Rao, that's their strength now, Anderson. Mm. So that was a disappointing
1: part. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell.
2: Can I go Ollie Robinson? I've been waiting for this all <laughs> week. Okay. I spent the week on the couch. We
1: have been potty all
3: week. Watching the me.
2: Ashes. Uh, it's been unbelievable. Riveting uh, viewing. Test cricket is so much better than just about everything else, uh, I think. But Ollie Robinson, he potted the Aussie tail enders, Joe. He said we've got three number 11s. And then Gary Lyon, did you see the on-drive just popped that over the yes. field over there and we made the winning runs. It was looking dicey. What was it? There? 70 runs with 3 wickets and 50 runs with 2 wickets in hand and uh, Nathan Lyon and Pat Cummings absolutely outstanding. but give me a spell Ollie put a sock in it.
3: I like it. And we got four tests to go. So my question to you guys, what do you do what's your strategy in terms of snacks? Because it's a long night.
2: Yeah, I'm a salt and vinegar chip man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, which brand are we talking? Uh, the kettle. The kettle, kettle yeah, salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, yeah. Red Rock Deli.
4: Quite yeah, a yeah good. I'm any yeah. of that stuff. barbecue, barbecue <laughs> shapes, pizza shapes, chips. Hey, I'm going to give me you a. Go, hey God, do
3: you go? Hey do you go savoury? They'd go to sweet and then go back to savoury, or are you just savoury men?
4: I throw a drumstick ice cream in there as well <laughs> at some stage. Um, hey, give me a spell. Anyone that thinks Gary Rowan should be cited oh, for accidentally knocking out Jeremy yes. Cameron. This is going to be my Leroy, you're one. one of them. You no. said it. Like, give me a spell. Anyone, the oh, they should report Gary <laughs> Rowan for knocking out Cameron. <laughs> Didn't Come on, people. Yes. Give me yeah, a spell. I like it, How bro. stupid. Oh. But here's for... a serious question. Though. So oh. a serious question. Though. If, if for some reason in a game of footy a teammate deliberately goes and punches his other teammate, <laughs> right? So, you're, and you're, yeah. Can you get suspended? No, for punching, your, deliberately punching well, your own your team. Your club would suspend you for yeah, being yeah, an she idiot. Would, yeah, there'd be all that. I think that's but enough. No, isn't not it? from the MRO. No. Okay. Well, well, you got to hurt
2: someone on the other team. Obviously. It Has to be the other team.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just st- putting it there for the nuffies of thought that <laughs> you can do it with your own teammates. Can I get right.
1: suspended for punching my co-host.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, our dead set legend of the week.
1: Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. Four and twenty. We've been there for it all. Australia's original fan food. Mate, you are a legend.
4: I thought you were going to touch on it, but I wanted to do the captain, Paddy Cummins, oh, under all sorts of pressure. His second innings with the ball yes. was amazing to take the four wickets, And then for him to make runs, because, Kathy hadn't made runs for a long time, Paddy mm-hmm. Cummins. He was one stage looking like an all-rounder. Fell away with his batting. And then when we needed him most, he stood up. Made a 40-odd knot out. He was our skipper. He was enormous, and yep. I'm giving him the well Dead done. Set Legend of the week.
3: Perfect, Pat. He was. What a start to this year's Ashes series. That's us done for Dead Set Legends. Have a great weekend. You too. We'll do it all again next week. This has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends, JoJ, Catherine Lemo. You, Kath and Limo. See
0: That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Sportsbet. Follow your multi the easy way with Sportsbet's AFL same-game multi-tracker. Conditions apply.
1: You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
0: These legends will be back next week. (laughs) It's like a Del Santo Montana (laughs) one-two back in the (laughs) day.